You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. Today we have a special episode as we have some quarterback drama going on in the NFL. But before we get to the meat and potatoes of the episode here, let's get everybody in. I'm joined by two fine gentlemen today. First in front of me, I have Cole. How you doing? How you feeling? Good, good. I'm happy for another episode here. It's been great. I've been this is my third episode now. So I'm excited. You know, I want to keep this thing rolling. Happy to talk about the quarterbacks, but also if you aren't yet, please like, follow, subscribe, anything you can. Keep this thing going. We got to keep the lights on over here. Back to you, Tyler. I could not agree more, Cole. We need all the support we can get. We're trying to kick this thing off and get a good following, so we need you guys. We need you. Smelty, talking some quarterbacks today, boss. I'm sure you're happy to have this conversation as a Vikings fan, but how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's about time some things change in the NFC North. Uh, whether or not my Vikings are the ones that are going to be leading the division at the end of the season, uh, I guess we'll find out because I think it's going to be the Lions. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about uh, your buddy. Former buddy. Oh, Former buddy. Oh, sh- No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we'll get into that later. First, we're going to start off with a quarterback in the AFC East. We all know him, the unanimous MVP just a couple seasons ago, Lamar Jackson. What the hell is going on, boys? We have him signing, or not signing, but getting the exclusive right franchise tag. They can't seem to come up with an agreement in Baltimore. A lot of drama around this. We'll start with you, Cole. Yeah, I mean, with Lamar, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, as the Ravens, you want to lock him down. There's not, but also, like, looking around the NFL, there's not too many other teams that fit him, that could really take him on and excel with him at the helm. There's a lot, like, maybe the Falcons, they might have the best fit for him. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of room for him to move around. I mean, he's kind of a raven through and through here. They just got to they gotta get to something. Well, and the non-exclusive thing is, is pretty rare, I feel like. You don't see that very often. So... And I believe if he does get a deal, there's no way that the Ravens don't match it. I mean, so if I'm the Ravens, my thought is like, okay, this team, you know, made an offer. If they can make it happen, why can't we make it happen to keep our guy here? I do believe they really want him there. But when it came out, what, two months ago that they were, what, over $100 million apart? That's not like, I mean, that's not like 20 bucks for me, right? Like, so... I don't know. That's that's a lot of money. That's almost too far apart. I mean, it's kind of like the guys on the on that pond show. You know what I mean? Like they're just so far apart. Like I don't think we can make a deal here, buddy. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. It's just wild to me that there hasn't been any traction on him getting any sort of looks or even a deal. I mean, immediately since when he that he got tagged, it was like within two hours there was like six or seven quarterback needy teams came out and said they're not interested. Like, what am I missing here? It's Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP a couple seasons ago. He's still in the, I would say, early stages of his prime. He's developed as a passer. We all know what he can do running the ball. But, I mean, I would say any team that right now is in need of a quarterback, he would be a fit. 
I mean, the Falcons might make the most sense with the, the Artie Smith run-happy kind of offense, but you're telling me that he wouldn't make the Raiders better than Jimmy Garoppolo? It's arguable, though, right? Because obviously we have maybe him not being the right fit there. But I think, I guess the counter-argument to my own argument would be that teams could utilize that offense anywhere, right? Like, the coaches are smart enough. Offensive coordinators are smart enough. They can make this work. But then again, is he going around offering the same, asking the same from everybody else? Well, that's a big number. I mean, is it that much to pay for that quarterback? It might be too much for him. That's the thing, though. It's like I don't think those discussions are even taking place because all of these teams are saying that they're out of the running. They're not even going to have those discussions. So to, to my knowledge, outside of the Ravens, there has been zero discussions about him signing anywhere, which to me just is mind-boggling. I mean, this is unarguably, undoubtedly, in my opinion, a top seven quarterback in the NFL. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that. And for him to not have any potential suitors outside of the Ravens, like, I, I just, I don't know. It's crazy to me that we're still even having this discussion. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't understand what teams are scared of. Do they not have the money? Which I think is probably a factor for a lot of teams. Are they scared of the longevity? Are they scared of signing him to a longer deal because he's getting outside the pocket and using his legs to make plays so much that is an injury inevitable? I mean, so looking at this this one thing here that I got right in front of me, this is from Hard Rock Sportsbook. They say a line here that says, Lamar isn't a running quarterback. He's a great quarterback who can run. A lot of us are like, ah, I don't know about that. But then they kind of follow it up saying, Quarterbacks in NFL history with a 96-plus passer rating and 100-plus passing touchdowns in their first 61 starts. Those are Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. So ah, it's interesting to me. You know, if, he, if, if he's just a running quarterback, where's Michael Vick on that list? Yeah, and... I mean, as far as Lamar Jackson, nothing gets me more excited than watching him in a game. I watched him play the Bills, must be four years ago now, juking out Matt Milano, making him look silly. He's ecstatic to watch, right? But also, he came into the draft, everybody's saying he's a running back. He's a running back. My favorite Lamar memory, that first game, throwing, what was it, four touchdowns? And 400 yards. In the air, and then after the press conference, they go, you had a great game. He goes, I'm a running back. Lamar needs to be a starter somewhere, and he deserves the spot. If the Ravens aren't going to step up, somebody needs to. That's the thing. Like To, to have that kind of stat line there, Smelty, and never have a solidified number one receiver, Sammy Watkins was probably the best receiver he's had from a single-season perspective in his career. Now he has Mark Andrews. I'm not including the tight end in that because Mark Andrews is, you know, he, he's, I don't know, I would say a top 10 receiving threat in the NFL, not like, he's obviously a top 10 tight end, but receiving threat as a whole, you know, so that obviously helps. But I, I don't know. I mean, even with his running prowess, the last couple of years, he's, he's shown he's avoiding contact. He's never going to be one to lower his shoulder India. He slides. He just he gets down in a way that he doesn't absorb a lot of contact for a running quarterback. Obviously, he's going to absorb more than, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, your, 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 your more prototypical pocket passer. But, you know, he's good at avoiding contact. And, I mean, the Ravens did great by picking up J.K. Dobbins, right? He's taken a lot of that hit. He's taken all that off of them. Uh, I mean, if you're the Ravens, you're thinking, I mean, we have somebody who can take all this collision. 
Lamar's going to be more open. He can run more out of bounds. He can slide more. He'll have more versatility out there. Give him a big target like you're saying and let the guy run away with it. The thing about J.K. Dobbins is, and that's funny because I was actually going to bring him up, because he kind of fits the bill. J.K. Dobbins, receiver Rashad Bateman, and then Lamar last year, they got to stay healthy. He can't do it on his own. And the thing is, is he's kind of been starting to do it on his own. I mean, it's been since 2020 that he had over 1,000 yards rushing. He still hit over 700 the last two seasons, which is obviously ridiculous for a quarterback. But he's, I just feel like he's doing it all by himself right now because of other injuries to other players. So we need J.K. to stay on the field. He played eight games last year. We need Rashad Bateman to stay on the field, who's allegedly his number one receiver. And as a Gopher fan, I'd really like to agree that he's his number one receiver. But right now, Rashad Bateman's probably more like a number two receiver. He's missing Hollywood. So I don't know what you got. I mean, even with Hollywood, like Hollywood never excelled. And granted, the offense wasn't built for Hollywood to excel, right? He, he's, that, that he's not that type of receiver that's going to excel in that offense. But even the thing with J.K. Dommins missing eight games last year, that's after missing his entire year, rookie year, with a torn ACL. So you're right. I mean, his talent that he does have around him, as little talent as he has, they have to stay healthy for him to have any sort of success. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you look at any great quarterback, even in the current landscape of the NFL, Every single quarterback that's a top-tier quarterback, maybe outside of Rodgers this last year, has a solidified one, if not even two, receiving threat on the outside. And especially with Hollywood. Hollywood was a big name coming out of the draft, coming out of college. He caught a couple deep balls in that big name built. He's not a number one. He's a number two, a great slot receiver, right? And with J.K., that's true. He only played eight games this year. And on top of that, the majority of those games, he played with Huntley. He wasn't playing with Lamar. Right. Most of the games last year were with Huntley and Dobbins, and in Lamar's case, that offense was completely different with Huntley at the helm. We know that Lamar is a focal point of this team, and I would have loved to see J.K. and Lamar on the field together just to truly see what they have. But this all kind of leads to, to, to my next point I want to bring up and get your guys' opinion on is do you think the Ravens are doing this so another team sets the price? So they don't have to have those negotiations because they're not going anywhere. So if a team like Atlanta does come in and say, hey, five years, 200, uh, $250 million, 175 guaranteed. Is, I mean, that's in my opinion, I would say that's a fair deal for Lamar with his injury past this last year or two, not all fully guaranteed. But I, in my opinion, that's what I think the Ravens are doing. They're waiting for another team to set the price. And then if it's astronomical, they'll let them walk. If they match it, they match it. Yeah, and I'll touch that in just one second. I also want to bring up the point real quick that like Lamar, I mean, everybody in the NFL, the commentators, everybody was saying if Lamar comes back, gets ready for playoffs, that team has a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? This is a difference, difference maker on the field, and everybody sees that. And on the point of that, I think that has to be logical, right? They want to pay less. I don't think at the end of the day, no matter what, even if other teams aren't throwing up numbers or are just throwing up crazy numbers, they want to retain Lamar. I think at the end of the day, he stays a Raven, but it's just for how much are they going to keep Lamar happy for the long term? What's, well, you know, what's the long term effect of this? Yeah, and I mean, like, so if I'm Lamar, I'm looking at the division a little bit. The Steelers are not that strong right now. They're, I'd say they're trending, trending up. Bengals are a solid team, but they're losing a lot of defensive pieces. And the Browns are doing Brown stuff. So 
I don't think they're going to be a factor per se this season. So if I'm Lamar, I'm like, well, I'm okay taking that franchise tag because we'll see if we can run it again, see what happens. And then is he is he an unrestricted free agent then next season? Yeah, so no, he's not. They could franchise him again, but that cap hit would be astronomical. How many times can you franchise a play two years in a row? Yeah. Uh, at all or just in a row? Uh, that I'm not 100% sure of. I believe it's two years in a row. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll double check that. But well, I, I mean, technically, sure. I think you can franchise him a third year, but the cap hit is so astronomical so that it's just not feasible. But yeah. I, I'm not 100% certain on that, to be honest. And, like, the player has the option to not sign that that franchise tag. So I think if they tried to franchise tag him a second time, I think maybe he just wouldn't sign it. But who's going to pick him up then? Because somebody's got to make a chance, make a run now. Because I think you're hitting hitting it. I mean, I, I don't think they want to really negotiate with him right now. I think they are waiting for somebody to set the price. And like somebody like Atlanta could spend big, but for some reason they're just not. I, d- I don't think Lamar makes Atlanta a playoff team, though. I think they still have more pieces, and maybe that's why they know that, and maybe they're just not going for it right now. Yeah, I uh, I, I kind of disagree with you on if I think Lamar will actually sign the tag this year. Well, this year I think he does. I, that's what I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Oh, you think maybe he doesn't I think sign that, this year? I think, so this is a point I wanted to bring up after this, but I think with Lamar and his mom representing him and not having an agent is hurting him in this situation. He doesn't have somebody that's out there marketing him, and they can't come to an agreement. And if you're over $100 million off, you got to make a change here at some point. So to the point of him, I don't know if he'd sign. It's If he doesn't sign, he sits out a year. He can't play this year unless if he signs and comes back and plays for the Ravens. But then he's an unrestricted free agent last next year, and he can go wherever he pleases. It's a huge bet on yourself, but he's still young, and he could take that year off and I think still come back and have a solidified career. So he tweeted this out three days ago, and like whatever, it's twi- it's Twitter, right? Like I I don't know, you know, we can take this with a grain of salt. But he said 133, three years, fully guaranteed, but I need an agent? Question mark. So like, did somebody actually try to make a deal, and now they're just like sketched with an, with him not having an agent at this point? No, so the, where that all comes from is there was reports that was leaked that the, the Ravens offered him a $200 million deal last year, and there's a negotiating piece of that. So then Lepar, Lamar responded with that, which is assumed to be that's what he wanted, which was the $133 million guaranteed over the three years or whatever it was. And that's him kind of advocating on himself like, hey, hey, this is what I think I'm worth. This is what I'm requesting. This is me showing I don't need an agent to get this deal done. So I think that was him kind of just slapping everybody else in the face saying, believe what you want to believe. That report that there was re- came out that of the deal, the $200 million or whatever it was, that's released by one of two teams, Lamar's team or the Baltimore's team. Which, play, which team does it make look worse? Lamar. So that's a, it's a ply that from the, the Ravens releasing that saying, hey, the offer's on the table. This is a bunch of money. We're willing to give them this. And then it kind of backs Lamar into a corner of now having to defend himself. And you know what I mean? Getting that. So it's... It's a point that I wanted to bring up is, you know, is not having an agent hurting him. And so who is the starting quarterback for the Falcons right now? That would be Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and they just released Marcus Mariota? Correct, and he just signed somewhere. I can't remember where. And I mean, it, look at Marcus Mariota. Maybe the close to the only person that might fit the Lamar build. I mean, if you're the Falcons, you got to be thinking, 
why not go Lamar? Why not bank on it? Why not spend some money? If you have to, you know, we, we talked about how the, the pay gap is kind of a joke anyway. Might as well, you know, do it, restructure, whatever you may take. Why not pay Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I agree. I think the Falcons is a a great fit for him. You get him with Artie Smith, who is a run-first head coach, who can, I think, would utilize his talents and his his tools to the best of his capability. He has young weapons with Kyle Pitts and Drake London on the outside. They have a a second-year running back in Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. So I think Lamar to the the, the Falcons would not put him into – perennial playoff well I mean with the NFC South as it is right now you can make an argument that would put them as the best team in the South I don't think it it it, it propels them to a Super Bowl contender yet but I think in the next three to four years I mean even venture to say two to four years you know they're signing pieces they signed Jesse Bates biggest arguably the biggest defensive name in the free agency this year so I think Lamar would be a perfect fit in Atlanta it, the crazy thing is, I mean, we're, we go back and forth. We're talking about is Lamar, you know, is is like are they underutilizing him? Are not even underutilizing, but are they underselling what he's actually worth? Right? Is he worth more? And at the Falcons, I mean, we just you just joked about it, but the first year he goes to the Falcons, they're a playoff contender this year, right? So we have a guy who would go be a playoff contender at the Falcons. He would arguably win. He's in you know Super Bowl contention with the Ravens. So, I mean, whoever takes him, why not pay this guy? Just get him paid, get him happy, and get him out there on the field. I mean, I have something ridiculous. Do you think, and I kind of think this is ridiculous as it's going through my mind, do you think the Cowboys trade away Dak Prescott and try to go after Lamar? I mean, that's kind of like a, I don't know if it's a Jerry Jones thing to do, but, man, it would be an aggressive move. No, I, I don't. I don't. The Cowboys have shown nothing but commitment to Dak the last couple of years, stemming since that foot injury. They signed him to an extension. I don't think the the Cowboys could find a good enough trade partner for Dak to get enough back to, to get rid of him and then sign Lamar. Because you're signing Lamar at the same, if not more, money than Dak. And I guess it would just depend on, on what you could get back for him. Fair enough. I got something else to throw at you. Why wouldn't – so the Commanders, Raiders, and Panthers are three teams that came out right away. They were like, no way, Jose. Why the heck would the Commanders or maybe even the Panthers – I mean, Panthers, I can kind of see it. They're kind of going through a rebuild in a way. But why the heck would the Commanders not do it? I mean, their defense isn't that bad. They have Scary Terry. And who's their running back? Brian Robinson. I mean, that dude's pretty solid. I don't, I don't understand why the Commanders don't take a shot in the dark at Lamar. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely teams. I wonder how much they'd be willing to spend on them. Like you said earlier, you know, do these teams have enough money? Maybe not. And to, to touch real quick on the Cowboys, I mean, you're throwing Lamar into an entirely different system. There's somebody who's going to go out every week and try to throw for four or 500 yards. You can't throw Lamar into that system or else you're changing the whole system. And then what? You're underutilizing players like C.D. Lamb. Yeah, the uh, the thing with the Commanders as well is if you were to sign Lamar to, let's just say, a $250 million deal, 150 guaranteed, the guarantee doesn't matter with what I'm going to say here, for that to happen, the owner of that team has to put $250 million of their personal money or the team money in escrow. That will not happen with the Commanders right now with the whole Dan Snyder allegations going on where he might not even be the owner coming into the next year. So the Commanders, you can take out of the equation for that simple fact. But the Panthers is an interesting, right? They have Dave Tepper, who's the richest owner in the NFL. He has the money to do it. 
But I just don't think if you bring in Lamar to the Panthers, you're not improving that team good enough to make a playoff run without having to build around them. And the thing is, is that whole that all that came out before they traded for the number one pick. So they, they could have made a, a push for it before, the, before they decided they're going to get their quarterback in the draft. So it was feasible for that to happen. I just don't think the Panthers are at a place right now where they could bring on that contract and build the pieces around them. Whereas if they draft a rookie quarterback, get them on a rookie deer, they can build with that quarterback then. They're not paying a top-dollar quarterback for them. So I, I think that definitely played a factor into it. Um, but saying that, you get Lamar, you're not trading away DJ Moore. And also, I mean, if you're looking as far as like historical, what teams might be the best fit, maybe not the same head coaches and all that, but I mean, you look at the Falcons because obviously you look at like Michael Vick or somebody like that who fits that same scheme. Cam Newton might be the second closest guy in the NFL to fit that scheme. And you're looking at the Panthers like that, those, those are big mit- hits. The thing with that, though, is it was a different ownership when they had Cam Newton than, Dave, than the current owner. So it's, I mean, that definitely can play a factor. Like NFL teams don't get sold off into, I, I get exactly what you're saying and I agree with you, you know, like, cause Artie Blank has owned, or I'm sorry, Arthur Blank has owned the Falcons since the Vic era, but like teams don't get switched around enough for that mentality to kind of withhold where like teams very rarely get sold. So to keep that, that, that structure per se of how you want to shape your team can very easily switch with a new owner coming in. Yeah. I mean, like the Panthers probably more of a far-fetched than the Falcons, but I mean, still you're thinking, I mean, you said bring in a, a rookie, you know, draft somebody big, build around him. Wouldn't it be easier to just get somebody you already can trust and instill in and just build around that guy? Obviously, it's going to be a bigger cap hit. You won't be able to put as many pieces around him, but you don't need as many pieces. And you know that with confidence, getting a guy that's already proven himself in the NFL. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a fact. Uh, I, I just don't see the Panthers. I mean, it makes sense that they're not doing it. I mean, I think they're in full rebuild, rebuild at this point, but it is what it is. I did want to bring up – it's it's funny because – so I, I not not to bring up Washington again, but they have only six mil in cap space, so they couldn't really make that play anyway. Guess who's right above them? The freaking Ravens. So, like, even if somebody does make a play, can they even match it? Because they got Roquan, right? So they had to pay that dude. So uh, can they even match a deal if the one comes through? I think uh kind of goes back to our previous discussion is does the cap really exist? You can move money around. So if you if you were to go into like your, your top veterans who are getting paid a lot and say, hey, we're going to need you to restructure this con- contract to keep Lamar Jackson. Unless if that's somebody that's already won a Super Bowl or doesn't care about Super Bowls, I think almost every person on that team would be willing to move some money around to get Lamar on the team. Entirely. And I mean, looking at Lamar, I think all of us, the overwhelming majority thinks that he's going to be a Raven at the end of the year. At the very least, he's starting somewhere in the NFL, so nobody has to get their hopes up. Banking on that, I think even bigger, we need to start looking here next at the biggest maybe mix-up in the NFL here being Aaron Rodgers. That is a good call, Cole. The biggest offseason news that we have had so far is something that is very close and personal to me, but it is Mr. Rogers leaving Green Bay. It's pretty well documented. I am a pretty big cheesehead. I bleed green and gold. I, I've been a Packer fan my whole life. I've been lucky enough to share the last 18 years of my fandom with Rodgers being my quarterback, 15 of those years being starting. It's definitely bittersweet. I personally hold no malice towards him for making his decision. 
I'm on the the side of the Packers fans that think we did not do enough to put talent around him, especially on the defensive side of the ball during his tenure with Green Bay. For him to only have one Super Bowl appearance and indeed winning that Super Bowl is... It sucks, right? It, it hurts as a Packers fan to even say that, right? Um, I, I don't blame him for wanting to take the move, especially with how the Packers have shown to more or less give up on him this offseason. It, it, it really does hurt. I wish nothing but the best for him. I think he really makes the Jets a playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. You could argue they're still a little bit young for that, but it definitely puts them in, in a really good spot in the AFC. And uh, I could go on and on about Rodgers, thanking him and whatnot here, but for the sake of an actual discussion, what are your thoughts on it, Cole? Yeah, I mean, just to touch one more on, obviously, your points. I mean, we spoke Monday, and I saw some tweets, obviously, from some Jets players. I was bringing it up to you. You couldn't even believe it. You said, let's wait. Let's wait and see still. I mean, obviously, being a diehard Packers fan for so long, nobody wants to see Rodgers go. And obviously, you showed that. And it's a big hit for Packers fans, I think, just having that legend kind of step away. But at the same time, for the Jets, maybe the biggest pickup of the entire free agency slash, you know, trade hole section here. So, I mean, being a Jets fan, you got to be ecstatic going forward here. This is a team now that turns around. AFC East, arguably one of the best divisions in NFL now with this trade. He gets Alan Lazard to join him. Obviously, there's rumors that he wants some more, but he came out and kind of said, I didn't really give a wish list, but who knows? I mean, he's getting what he wants so far. Alan Lazard is a huge hit, not only for the Packers, but, I mean, to go to the Jets and have Aaron Rodgers with him again, he could be a very big point in yards, touchdowns this season being with the Jets. So you say he's getting what he wants so far. Has he even been traded yet? Is this final? Do we know details yet? I don't think they're that as far as like a day ago, they're still quote unquote far apart from a deal. I think obviously a deal's imminent because he made it known on the Pat, McAf- uh, Pat McAfee show that he wants to be a Jet or that he will be going to the Jets. Now it's just a matter of the teams figuring it out. Uh, but we still don't have a deal. But you have the Jets signing somebody off that quote-unquote magic free agent list that may or may not be real. Yeah, that, that's huge. So as we, we speak here today, it is St. Patrick's Day. <clears throat> no deal has been done. Just a couple days ago, Rodgers did go on, on the Pat McAfee show and, and spoke about how he told the Packers in the direction the previous Friday that he did intend on, on wanting to play for the Jets. And like you said, they they seem to be far apart. As a Packers fan, that kind of makes it sting a little bit more. Like out of everything this guy's done for you the last 15, 18 years, whatever you want to term it, just let him leave. You know, like I I don't know what they're commanding. That hasn't been released. But in my opinion, a fair trade is a first and a fourth rounder, a second and a third rounder. That second could potentially move up to a first depending on the play. Like, if we're asking for this astronomical point, the Jets have all the leverage right now. He's made it clear he wants to go to the Jets, and as it stands right now, it seems like the Packers are the ones holding that up. And that's why he went on McAfee was to clear the rumors of, oh, Rodgers is holding the Packers and the Jets up from spending all this money in free agency. That was the big reason he went on McAfee was to get his name out of the negative spotlight. 
and show that, hey, it's not me. I made my intentions clear five days ago, two days before, three days before the tampering season even began, and you guys are sitting on your thumbs here. So that, that just stings a little bit more as a Packers fan that like we're being hurt in free agency, not being able to go out and sign anybody because at the end of the day, he's still owed $59 million from the Packers when in reality that's not going to be the case and we're just shooting ourselves in the foot at this point. Well, and that's just it. I mean, in order to make this deal go through, the Packers absolutely are going to have to eat some of that insane contract. And when he signed it, you know, from the outside looking in, I mean, obviously I'm a Vikings fan, but like when he signed it, I was like, that's a weird deal. It's a lot of money, but it's a weird deal for Rodgers if he wants to win championships because you already know they're not putting a team around you and probably still won't. And it's a weird deal for the Packers to tie up that much freaking money in a quarterback that you already know you're not putting a team around. So why? I don't know. It just it just seems ridiculous to me that they're taking this long as well. Like, I, I don't know. And the crazy thing about that cap hit is Rodgers has already come out and said that's not a feasible amount for him to play on, and he's going to restructure that deal. So what is the freaking holdup? Is it taking a chunk of that money as the Packers? Okay, so take a chunk of the money get the draft capital you want, or don't take the money, lose a little bit of draft capital. At the end of the day, the guy's not playing for us. Let him go, go on with your offseason, and actually sign some additions that can help Jordan Love. And also, I mean, like you just mentioned Jordan Love, I mean, we have to kind of focus on him because if you're a Packers fan or even, you know, the coach or anything like GM, you need to stop letting this just keep going out because now you're it's almost like you're losing confidence in Jordan Love. You have to instill that confidence. Let's get this cleared out. Let's get this figured out so we can start building and trusting in Jordan Love. Well, and didn't Jordan Love say that if Rodgers was here next year, he would request a trade? Or is that a bunch of crap? That was all media speculation. Okay. It was never confirmed nor denied per se, but it's uh, he made it in quotations, clear that he didn't want to play on the fifth-year option of his rookie deal if Rodgers was still there. I think that definitely played a part in the the Packers essentially just saying, hey, Rodgers, like, time to go, buddy. Like, Mark Murphy is is an absolute fucking clown, pardon my French, with how he handles the media. Go back to the Brett Favre situation. Now it's just repeating itself with Rodgers. And as love, I mean, I think that's totally fair. Why would you want to play on your fifth-year option backing up arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game as much as I need to go wash my mouth out after saying that? But, I mean, why would you want to do that? You want to prove what you have. And now that the Packers are actually, at this point, thinking about trading Rodgers, and it's probably imminent, but as love, you just want this done as well. Like, come on, let me let me be QB1 and get this offseason started, right? Because right now he's probably still like, oh, I don't know, man. And to take a twist here a little bit, there's two big things. We look at Sauce Gardner. This may affect him as a corner in a good way. You have one of the best quarterbacks throwing the ball on you. You're just going to get better, right? The second one to look at is Brett Favre did this same move. Do we see Rodgers maybe going to the Vikings next? I don't see it, but... I mean, heck, if you're following in one of the greats' footsteps like he did, this could be an interesting play. Yeah, I definitely don't see that as an option. Um, just because Rodgers, during his whole career, his, like, his favorite drink is Purple Crush, 
for literally talking about beating the the Vikings. And it's just the the Favre leaving the Packers and Rodgers leaving the Packers. It's two completely different types of a, of a, of a, of, a, of a leaving them. You know, at the end of the day, Rodgers and, and the Packers at, at this point are, are essentially agreeing to leave on mutual terms. The whole Brett Favre turmoil of him retiring, unretiring, retiring, unretiring, retiring, unretiring. It was three years in a row where he legitimately retired and then unretired. At that point, it was it was time to move on. Um, and with, with this one with Rodgers, there's just not that turmoil behind it, per se. You know, you even look at what he was saying on McAfee and he was only thankful for Green Bay. He was thankful for the fans, thankful for the opportunity. He loves people in Green Bay still. Brett Favre never made comments like that when he left. He was ready to go, and he was ready to start sending dick pics. So here I am, a Vikings fan. Again, RIP me. I got my own problems to deal with, with no Super Bowls. Um, That's a whole other conversation. But with Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North, I just wanted to throw a couple stats at you here. He's 59-24-1 in the NFC North. With a seven, that that makes it a seven oh eight win percentage. He's thrown for over twenty thousand yards against the NFC North teams. One hundred and seventy five touchdowns and only thirty picks. I mean, I'm I'm pumped to have him leave the NFC North for sure. I do have to say the whole purple crush drink thing. Uh, he's seventeen and eleven and one against the Vikings, which is still a winning record. But that's the worst against any NFC team. He does indeed own the Bears. He's 24 and 5 against the Bears, which is absolutely ridiculous. That's a 828 win percentage. I mean, sorry Bears fans, that's just a fact. Um with 64 TDs and 10 interceptions against the Bears alone. I mean, that's ridiculous, but what what do you got over there, Cole? I, I see you stewing. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I want to touch one more time on here is the whole Sauce Gardner thing, right? The, obviously, we know it's going to make him a better corner. Um, just going against Rodgers every day, that's going to just develop you insane. He's going into his second year. He won Rookie of the Year, arguably top 10 last year as far as corners go, maybe even top five. So, I mean, going forward, how do we look at this? And, you know, does he become the number one corner in the NFL next year? The other, the other thing to note on that too, Cole, is not only did they have Sauce Gardner as the defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, they had Garrett Wilson as the offensive rookie of the year to go against Sauce. So not only is Rodgers going to make Sauce better, but he's also going to make Wilson's better. Wilson and Sauce are going to make each other better. And then if Brees Hall wouldn't have got hurt, he might have won offensive rookie of the year. So you could, you could make an argument that they had the three best rookies on their team last year. And now you add... I'm going to say you said arguably the greatest quarter, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's He's inarguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not the GOAT. I'm not going to say that. But it's going to be fun to watch that Jets team this year. Yeah, for sure. And definitely arguably one of the best. I think he should have won more Super Bowls in a Packer uniform. They just didn't do enough for him there. Uh, I don't know. Well, We'll see what I mean. We still got to see the deal go through, so that's where I'm at as a Vikings fan. I mean, this shit's not over until he's out of the green uniform. And now that I say that, he would be going to a green uniform. So as long as he's out of Green Bay, uh, I just don't. I'll believe it when I see it. At this point, the only thing I'd add, being a Bills fan, obviously Dolphins come out of nowhere kind of last year and just blow it up to see the Jets and have two big competitors. That's not what we want to see. Obviously, you're happy. The Vikings are happy if this everything goes through. But as a Bills fan, not a guy I love to play twice a year. Yeah, good luck, bro. 
Well, boys, I'm going to wrap this one up here with just a little paying homage to Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Like I had previously mentioned, I've had a great 15 years watching this man be the quarterback of my team. It's going to suck seeing him in another green uniform. I have absolutely no hard feelings, no malice towards Aaron Rodgers for his decision whatsoever. Like I'd stated, I'm, I'm a strong believer, and we didn't do enough around him for him to win those Super Bowls. If you look at the defensive rankings, he had two times in his whole career as a starter that the defense finished top 10 in the league in overall defensive stats, and we won the Super Bowl one of those two years. The other season, we won, lost one regular season game, and we lost to the Cardinals in that absolute playoff thriller against Kurt Warner. So Rodgers just, he wasn't the issue in terms of winning the, the Super Bowls, in my opinion. He played at an MVP level three out of the last four years. Last year was a down year, yes, but he's, he's forever going to be the greatest quarterback in Packers history, in my opinion. He will, in the meantime, be the greatest quarterback that I've, I've got to personally watch. Obviously, Tom Brady was in that era, but I didn't see every Buck or every Pats game or Bucks game. You know, so I just want to say a huge thank you to Mr. Rogers. I know you'll be listening to this podcast. You're a huge listener in the media. I get it. Um, but I just really, truly do want to say thank you, Aaron Rodgers, as, as the, the quarterback and the success you've brought me. I still remember the day you won the, the Packers the Super Bowl in, in 2011. One of the fondest memories I'll forever have, and you leading the Packers back against the Bears, coming out of the halftime, the eruption at Lambeau when you walked out of that halftime tunnel. Now, granted, you didn't know where you were. Those Percocets were hidden, but that was will forever be one of the – it'll be hard to top that moment in a live sporting event for me, and I just truly do thank you for that. That was a pleasure, boys. It's bittersweet. It almost brings a tear to my eye here, but that was a, that was a fun podcast. We talked about Lamar. We talked about Rodgers. That's all to be said. It's going to be a rough year as a Packers fan. Hopefully not. Maybe Jordan loves the, the future here, but it's been an absolute pleasure, boys. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.